We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parham. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome into this Tuesday edition of Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parham, Neil McCready. I am uh, I'm home today. It was in the Clark Ford studio. We're 50-50 on whether my kid walks in at some point. The dog tries to kill the UPS man. Whatever happens, but it's okay. Kind of feels like the old days a little bit back when we were doing it remote and you were just hoping that the lawn care company didn't come between 8 and 9.30 and all sorts of hell breaks loose. So we'll, uh, we'll get through today's podcast as it the goes. Whole- I was aware of a hot mic. I was being very careful. I, I knew it was very likely our mics were on right there. So The whole fall break thing is stupid. That's it. That's my – it's a dumb – this is dumb. The whole week off in early October, it's not like everybody's heading to the beach. Everybody would much rather have this week in the summer. It is the biggest issue for people who are employed by the university because it doesn't match Ole Miss anymore. Because obviously Ole Miss doesn't get a fall. You know what I mean? doesn't get the fall break. So then it's a week here where it's a lot of juggling. Uh, Podcast brought to you every single day by the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford. You know about the lunch specials. You know about uh, getting any size fountain drink with that bread and more there at the Blue Sky location here in Oxford. And they're giving away seven Ole Miss game day football jerseys over the course of uh, the season to uh, take advantage of that. You make any purchase when you go in, you can sign up. When you sign up, you get entered into, uh, again, the contest to win one of seven jerseys. Still more home games left, more jerseys to give away there with the Blue Sky. And again, coming to you. With, uh, sorry, from the Clark Ford studio. Yeah, let me get rid of the air pods. I can kind of change that around. We'll see if that helps while Neil's talking. Um, coming to you from the Clark Ford studios. Clark Ford is in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. Call that number. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's right to the bottom line. There's no hassle. There's no haggle. You get your quote. The rest is up to you. You can shop that quote around. You can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today, 662-257-1900. Uh, Corey wants to be your car guy. He wants to be a truck guy. He'll prove to you what that means when you make the call. Again, 662-257-1900. Guest, join 
on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline, Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford. It's a great place to go um, grab a burger or a po' boy or whatever if you're in town this weekend. You're not headed to Nashville if you're watching the game, the other games, whatever the case may be. Stop in, have a, um, a beer, a cocktail. The college kids take it over at night, but early evening, late afternoon, great place to uh, hang out. Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford and also Rafters in New Albany. Here real quick, uh, the uh, Dead Soxy score sale is in place for this weekend. I just posted it on the board. It's um, score sale back for 2022 at the conclusion of Saturday's game. However many points the Rebels have scored against the Commodores, Dead Soxy will match that number as a percentage discount. If the Rebels score 38 on Vanderbilt, the promo code will activate for 38% off. 50 points, no problem, 50% off. The cap is 60%, which I don't think is a problem. The score sale will run from the conclusion of the game until midnight on Monday, October the 10th. So load up on your favorite socks and score this incredible offer. Visit deadsoxy.com. Use the promo code REBELGROVE at checkout. Receive the score sale percent off all orders. So you were saying it, um, 11 o'clock for Ole Miss and Auburn in, uh, I guess it's 11 days, whatever it is at this, uh, at this point. Um, it, yeah, not a shock. It was not a surprise when you looked at the possibilities for, um, for that weekend. Essentially it was Ole Miss LSU, or sorry, Ole Miss Auburn, or, uh, I guess what Mississippi state Kentucky is that what's also next week. Yes. I was going to pull up those. Yes. The rest of the games, I don't have those up in front of me at the moment. Ole Miss Auburn's a bigger brand game than Kentucky Mississippi State. You get Auburn, you get Kiffin, you get all the Auburn drama that the media is going to incorporate Kiffin into next week. It's a uh, it's a much sexier storyline, sexier game coming right out of game day than Kentucky Mississippi State. Even if Kentucky beats South Carolina and Mississippi State beats Arkansas and they both move up in the polls. It's still more compelling. And they're gambling that Ole Miss will beat Vanderbilt, which feels like a pretty safe gamble. And so you get top 10 Ole Miss at home against Auburn, and you get to do all the Lane Kiffin stuff. And you could see it coming a mile away. You and I talked about this privately twice last week. And you're like, what do you think? And I said, it's 11 o'clock. It's going to be an 11 o'clock game. There's, to me, there was never a doubt it would be an 11 o'clock game. You know, what's interesting about it is that while you're right, from an actual storyline standpoint, though, it's fascinating because they're not going to – they're going to be very careful with coach change. Like, if Carson is not fired and he's still on the sidelines for Auburn, they're all in bed together, the networks and the TV people and all that kind of stuff. And it's one of those deals where – okay, thank you. Okay. Um, it, it, guys, it is what it is today. We're just swinging this thing. Um, they're not going to go crazy like, oh, Harson could be out next week. They're going to be so careful with those things. It's more of the fans just knowing the score and watching the game. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? It's not that the announcers are going to help you out. Yeah, or whatever. It, it's not it's that, just the, that your casual college football fan or your super college football fan is going to understand that Auburn and Carson and all the chaos is at least possibilities because, you know, I was reading – this morning, preparing for this, because I was going to bring this up anyway if we got into an NFL discussion today before it got into tomorrow, was the way Amazon handled Tua's injury on Thursday with the concussion. And you and I didn't get audio because we were doing the show and we were just kind of watching it. But they were discussing that 
the announcers were very careful about saying anything negative about him coming back in or the week before or whatever because they are in bed. However, there was lots of mixed bag opinions on showing the replay to the amount that they did and whether that was good, bad, right, wrong, or indifferent. And I found that I found that really compelling because a lot of it was more – I thought this was interesting. I know I'm getting off topic, but I just while I'm on it, I'll go ahead and finish the thought – is that – if you're showing legs break or bones, whatever, there's a visceral, oh, God, no, we all know that's bad. Don't show that replay. But we know so little about head trauma that in some ways it's almost educational to see the things that happen that can bring you closer to just what these guys are dealing with. Because it's not this, oh, you saw a head bounce off the turf. Sure. But that's not the same as a leg break and how you differentiate between those. I, I just thought that producers having that level of discussion was pretty interesting. Yeah, that I wish we could have heard that at the time because I thought it was kind of interesting. the The coverage of the whole Tua thing all across the board has been pretty fascinating. But you're right about they're not going to sit on there and say, "Hey, well, Lane Kiffin's on the Ole Miss sideline. Could he be on the other side?" They're not going to do that. But there's going to be a week full of it. It's mm-hmm. coming. Um, they're going to talk about it, not because it's true, not because it's real, not because it's likely or any of that. They're just going to talk about it because it moves needles. It gets clicks and so everyone's going to know that storyline going into the game and game day is probably going to talk about something along those lines at least hint at it because they're not that show best i can tell is not as in bed as um the broadcast themselves that show Mm -hmm. you know they'll they'll talk about what might happen at auburn and look there's going to be a lot of buzz at auburn next week we talked about this on mccrady and siski yesterday assuming auburn loses at georgia which feels like a pretty safe assumption there's a lot of talk that if they lose at Ole Miss, they have an open date after that, that they're going to go ahead and make the move at that point. So it's going to be a conversation piece. It's just in terms of ratings and interest and stuff like that, it's a more interesting game than Mississippi State at Kentucky. Mississippi State at Kentucky has a chance to be a much better football game, but Auburn at Ole Miss is a sexier game, and you get a top ten team, and you could you could just see it coming. They're, they are going ESPN eleven a.m. noon Eastern, and the noon Eastern part chase is really important to note. It's noon Eastern. They 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 are bound and determined to try to start putting attractive games there, and that's you could see this one. You you could see where this one was coming. Ole Miss at 11, Vanderbilt, Georgia at 2.30. That is the uh, the game they're trying to hide while Alabama and Tennessee are playing on CBS. Florida and LSU at 6. Arkansas, BYU is 2.30. That's an ABC or ESPN game. And then Mississippi State, Kentucky as well. So uh, several different things going on from uh, – And because the Arkansas-BYU game is in Provo, it's not part of the SEC package. So it wasn't factored into sort of how the decisions were made. It's just uh, an ESPN game, and I'm sure it factored into how they did it, but it didn't really. It wasn't really part of the strategery, if you will, to borrow a word from a former president. The more fascinating thing, and I do think this is where, not that the fan base. I mean, I guess they have a point in a way, but you can look when you look at these games from a network standpoint that there are still brands and teams that get put in certain places. And I think the obvious 
thing I'm talking about is LSU, Florida, State, Kentucky. State, Kentucky is a much better football game as far as two teams that are having better seasons, uh, probably a more compelling game, teams that play every season, all that kind of stuff. But they don't have LSU and Florida on their helmet. LSU and Florida gets that ESPN slot. State and Kentucky move to SEC Network. I think I, I think it's two things at once. Yes, you want good games in this time slot, this time slot, this time slot. But they also are very aware. And that's what we talk about. It's so hard to change brand perception over time. And I'm not even necessarily blaming ESPN. I'm not really blaming fans or whatever. But it's just you look at helmets and go, oh, yeah, 6 o'clock. There you go. Boom. How about it? You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. I mean – it takes a minute to build that brand. Like, look, if Ole Miss keeps winning at this level for another year, another two years, Kiffin stays long-term, you become that brand. But, I mean, LSU and Florida nationally are really big brands. Whether they're winning right now or not, it does. it's kind of immaterial. They're, they're big brands. And so when you're making those decisions about how you want to structure games – and that is what they're doing. They're trying to put a puzzle piece together each week. I get it. It's, it's frankly, it's what I would have done. I would have basically done what they did. You've got that Alabama-Tennessee game that's got a real chance at being an upset. Tennessee's hot. I'm sure ESPN is praying for a Tennessee win in Baton Rouge. And then you've got, so you figure out what's the best game to bleed into that one. And then what's the best game at night that'll still uh, keep people hanging around? And the package that they put together makes a lot of sense. I do think there probably is a little bit of balance. I think you can, and I get it probably wasn't really the case anyway because it's hard to draw that picture up. But it does guarantee LSU not being at eleven o'clock. They're not going to give Ole Miss three or four weeks at eleven o'clock. No, no. Um, I mean, and, no, and I get it doesn't help the home games, and if Alabama Ole Miss is at 11, then I know you guys are going to be pissed again, but I don't think LSU has a chance of being at 11. LSU's going to be at 2.30. That, that game's going to be at 2.30 unless Mississippi State gets red hot, which I guess is conceivable. I mean, if you tell me Mississippi State beat Arkansas and then beat Kentucky as well, but CBS is kind of loaded up on Bama for a minute. They're going to be looking for something else. If Ole Miss is beating, um, if Ole Miss beats Vanderbilt and Auburn, Ole Miss is what they're ninth right now. They probably would be a minimum of seventh, undefeated. Lane Kiffin, Bat- that, no, that 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 game would be at two thirty in Baton Rouge. Yeah, I don't. How to build a brand from a national standpoint. I mean, Ole Miss has one. I don't know. You keep winning. It's winning. It's about winning. You have to win over a period of time. That's how you build a, a brand that resonates nationally. Ole Miss is on its way. They're doing it. Just, But, you know, they're, they're not that far removed from being a clown car. And so it does take a minute. 2020 doesn't count. Nobody remembers anything from 2020. Gus Malzahn says hello. But so this 2021 and the first half of, of 2022, Ole Miss is really relevant, but that is a really small sample size. It takes longer than that for your brand to resonate nationally outside of the SEC footprint. 
got to ask in the stream, what is what do we know about KJ Jefferson's status at this point? I don't know anything. Um, I mean, I, I have no clue. I watched uh, a little bit of that press conference yesterday. Like I watched several other coaches. Um, he was being he was being really coy about that. Yesterday would not have been a good day for the rest of the Arkansas media group had I been in the media because I would not have agreed to the terms of their practice coverage. I would have gotten us kicked out. Do you hear what? Do you hear what they did? They no, let, I haven't seen this. They let them have access to practice, them being the media. But the deal was, you could not report on what you saw regarding KJ Jefferson, his availability or lack thereof. Oh, you mean him out there? Even like nothing. You couldn't report anything about whether he was or was not out there, and if he was out there, what he was or was not doing. And I would have said absolutely not. No chance. Oh, wow. Really? Yes, I would have said absolutely not. No chance. I'm not doing this. I'm not going to be part of your circus. If I'm out there, because here's my thing, and I don't know why more media is not this way. It really bugs me. You can tell. I can already hear my my voice raising. <laughs> if you're at the practice as a member of the media, you're working. The practice is is not available to other people. It's only available to you. If you're there, everything there is on the record. And if it's not, well, then let me go home because I'm not coming to this football practice as a fan. Yeah, it, it's, it, it's, the, it's the eternal argument that we always have, always, is if you don't want me to see something, don't let me go. Don't put me in the situation where if you're going to let me whatever, then it's. Did I lose you? Oh, you're back now. Yeah, you went mute for a minute. Oh, sorry. You? No, you're, you're, you're right. Don't, I don't want to play a, a game with you as, as a media member, but this is where there's, I don't know, I get on, you know where I'm going with this. Too, why would anybody agree to that? Why would anyone the furthest that you ever go and and everybody does it to some extent is hey you're seeing a trick play don't be a don't be an asshole that's fine and I mean and the one about hey there's an injury that happened at practice don't report it in live time give us a minute to a figure out what the injury is and b to notify parents or whatever cool sure. cool get it but don't ask me to not report on whether the starting quarterback was at practice or not. If you don't want that, if you want to play secret, if it's coy, if it's whatever, okay, then close the practice. Simple as that. The word is up there, best I can tell. And again, I mean, yeah, I have two kids who are students there to say that they're not locked into the football team would be an understatement of all time. Um, sure. Caroline is good friends with the kicker. That's that's the extent of our football relationships. Um. The word is he's in concussion protocol. What that means, I don't know. you got to be symptom-free for two days is the way it works, I think. Will there be a trickle-down effect with Tua's situation on colleges as they interpret concussions here right now? I think so. Yeah, it's a, it's a major national story. But, you know, it is conceivable, and I know this is hard to imagine, it is conceivable that the Dolphins are telling the truth. 
that what he had after that game against uh, Buffalo was not a concussion that they brought in an independent third party who looked at him and ruled that he was not concussed. That is conceivable. He was in he was tested for concussions on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday before playing the Bengals on Thursday night. He passed all of those tests. Are the tests stringent enough? I don't know. But he passed the tests. And then he got concussed against the Bengals. But it's conceivable Everyone's telling the truth in the Dolphins organization. We're all making jokes about it, and the jokes are funny, haha. But on the flip side, it's 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 more than possible that the Dolphins would not have played him in Cincinnati if they had believed that that he was concussed. If doctors had told him that he'd been concussed, because on on a schedule that looked like a schedule loss anyway. Hot physical game on Sunday afternoon against. Buffalo, and then you got to go on the road to play Cincinnati on Thursday night. On the schedule, you go L. So why did the guy get fired? I don't know. And it, why haven't they named him? I mean, it's kind of a convenient little scapegoat thing, isn't it? Or an scapegoat, as people on yeah. our beat used to say. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, it's <laughs> – I, I don't know. But, yeah, I, I think – I think the way that concussions are are handled moving forward does absolutely get impacted, maybe not in policy, but just in the way you think about it by what what happened with with Tua. Sure. I mean, if you're Arkansas and he, uh, you know, Jefferson got hit late in that game, came out, came back in for like one play, and then came out again and did not finish the game. The uh, the kind of the third teamer finished the game. Um. So you got to be really careful if you play him at Mississippi State and it comes out later that you played a player who was concussed and then something, God forbid, horrific happens to him. There's liability. There's there's reputation. There's a lot there. And so I think if if there's any question about whether he should or shouldn't play, I think you have to you have to side on the on the side of caution and, and not play him. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think there at least is a is a PR is a carefulness that will trickle down immediately, even with the you know the decision not made on two or all the information not known at this point. Although we know two is not playing this weekend, um, or their next game, whenever the whenever that is. Skip the lane a little bit yesterday. I've got up what he said, what he meant. You can find that on the site at rebelgrove dot com. Um, I thought he was in a good mood yesterday. I thought that he was sharp. I thought he was focused on message. I thought he said a lot of things without saying a lot of things. Seemed fairly pleased by the film overall. I mean, I know he's frustrated with the second half offense, but he even gave, and we'll get to it in a second, a pretty interesting theory on why that might be the case. You know, as much as the week before, he seemed a little frustrated. I thought he came in in, 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 in about as good of a mood as he possibly could have yesterday. Yeah, I mean, why would he not be? His team's well, his team's winning, and uh, they played a a really close game against a really good team. They got out of it apparently pretty healthy, and um, you know they'd made some personnel moves that really worked out. And um, you know they had a couple of guys get awards: uh, Judkins, uh, Micah Pettis. Um, you know, I mean he found out about the 11 o'clock game, and rather than moan and groan about it, he said, hey, let's do it again. I mean, he praised the fans. Um, 
I mean, look, Lane's in a good place. He's got his program rolling. He's going to get more. compared to Johnny Vault, Neil. <laughs> I did laugh at his answer to that. He's you could tell he's like, I don't care. I mean, whatever. I mean, well, it was it was if you if you isolate his answer into the one sentence, and again, he wasn't being disrespectful, but there was there was like a sentence where it was like, yeah, if you went enough, you compared to a lot of old stuff or something like there was some weird wording put together there. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff from back during that that time period. Okay, whatever. Like moving on. That's yeah, good. yeah. Um, I just, I think that, um, I don't know. I think they know how big that game was. I think they know how difficult it would have been to to bounce back from a loss. Um, I just think he knows they're in a good spot, and yet he also knows kind of what's coming. He made a couple of references to the second half of the schedule. I mean, give I, what I really respect about Kiffin is that there is so little coach speak. If he doesn't want to answer something, he won't. But if he does answer something, it's strikingly honest. He loves teaching with positivity and after good things, and they won the game. There's a relief for him today because of – and yesterday because of they got the win and everybody's focused, and now they can kind of, you know, complain, yell a little, and gripe and teach and do all these different things – where you're not also having to kind of get their daubers back up, where you're not having to pick them back up and deal with that. Instead, no, they're riding high right now, and you're almost trying to calm them down. Hey, Vanderbilt's better. Focus in. Don't just look ahead to whatever else is on the schedule, all those type of things. He's he's got the perfect environment in some ways to just sort of teach for the week. And I thought he he mentioned that several times. I mean, he mentioned pointing out Micah Pettis in, in film and talking about you know, if you develop and you work and do all the things you're going to play, he's talking to recruits at the same time. I mean, he was – I guess I'm, I'm burying the lead a little. He was really on message yesterday. I thought he got through everything he probably came into the press conference wanting to say. Yeah, I think so. I think so. He's, he's pretty good at that. He's gotten where he's pretty consistent with that as well. Um, I, he pointed out, you know, that they showed them film. And they said, hey, these are two or three plays that, you know, we didn't, we didn't do the right thing, and if – we could have easily lost right here, and this would have been why. But we didn't, and you get to move forward. Those kinds of losses, I mean, you can look around the country. You can look around the league even. Those kinds of losses are um, are increasingly difficult for coaches to get their kids to bounce back from. You know, I mean, I don't – like, I think Harson's got his hands – beyond all the drama and stuff, Harson's got his hands full this weekend. Uh, Drinkwitz has his hands full this weekend. That's two in a row for them. You, um, I mean, we're talking about Arkansas totally differently if they just beat A and M. I mean, the Alabama loss would have been ah, whatever. They're four and one. You're fine. But now it's panic, right? Uh, credit to Mike Leach because they kind of blew that game against LSU, and subsequently they've bounced back and played pretty well. Um, big challenge this week for Kentucky. Because that was a difficult game to lose. I mean, they they are in their world a beat away from winning that game. I mean, if Levis just waits one more beat and they get set, that's a touchdown right there. And Ole Miss probably doesn't come back and win in the final minute. Um, all of the, all of those things are the margin is just it's really small this year, and it might be really small. We thought going in that the margin was was really small outside of the top two. 
Hell, it might include the top two. Yeah. Good library on that. Pay bills for one second now. Okay. Um, we're also brought to you by Walk-Ons. Walk-On Sports Bistro puts everything they've got into bringing you game day with the taste of Louisiana. Dig into their mouth-watering, made-from-scratch Louisiana cuisine like po'boys, gumbo, voodoo shrimp, plus fan favorites like juicy burgers, fresh salads, all in front of 70-plus TVs, 40-plus ice-cold beers on tap. Visit them today in Oxford or Ridgeland. The College Corner is your one-stop Rebel Shop, two locations in the Jackson area in Ridgeland. It's next to Fleet Feet in Flowood. It's next to Half Shell. If you don't live in Jackson, go to collegecornerstore.com. Plus, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram, the largest selection of Rebel gear in central Mississippi. It's brought to you by The Rogue. The Rogue uh, sponsors the Mason Brooks Show. That is up uh, on MPW Digital on our YouTube. It's also up on our podcast feed, The Rogue is your destination for fine men's clothing. Their stylist hand select pieces from top designers, from work to lifestyle to nightlife. There's the perfect something for everyone at The Rogue. All the best items from Peter Millar, Martin Dingman, Jack Victor, and so many more. 4450 I-55 North in Jackson or therogue.com. It's a little cooler outside. Might be a little hint that you need to be checking on your heating system as we get closer to um, you know November, December, and some of the colder months. So uh, get in touch with the people at Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. Different names, but it's the same great people. It's the same great products, same services. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer, 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, call Southern, 662-429-4429. Our friends at Blue Delta Jeans are excited to announce they'll be hosting Mustache the Band on Friday, October the 14th for... uh, the after square jams after party come out and uh, check out the basketball team on Friday night on the square and then head over to uh, the lyric and you can join the folks from blue Delta with the world's most powerful nineties country party band ticket packages are on sale. Now some tickets include jeans, some don't, but all include admission to the concert and an open bar to book just DM blue Delta on their socials or visit blue Delta jeans.com slash after party. And they'll see you there. Uh, Ole Miss headed to Nashville this weekend. A stock auctions is a Nashville based online auction company with the mission to provide customers the power to name their price. All items at A stock start at just $1. That's right. Every item starts at just $1. Shop now at astock.bid or download their app and name your price on thousands of items from big name retailers. A stock auctions has multiple locations around Nashville that offer local pickups. So don't miss out Want it, bid it, win it. He's talking to his team. He's talking to the media. He's just telling the truth. How do you sort of balance the, hey, don't look ahead from Vanderbilt this week. They're better. Clark Lee's done a good job. Hey, you're rushing on film. you got to ignore Alabama when they beat on 50 to whatever because the talent gap when momentum hits is just too great. It, it, it's that, and it's true, but it's really more of just establishing the week-to-week culture in general, right? Of, hey, just show up, do your job on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, play yeah. the next game, do the same thing. I mean, yes, he is looking ahead to LSU and Auburn and A&M and Alabama and all these things coming up because now that you're 5-0, and you've put yourself in position for those to be such big games and for you to kind of stay on track for that special season. And I felt like, sure, he was telling the truth about Vanderbilt, but he wasn't really talking about Vanderbilt. It's just, hey, handle your business today, and then when you show up tomorrow, do the same thing. I mean, it's boring, and I mean, I guess it's cliche or coach speak or whatever, but it's frankly the only way to do your best to avoid 
these upsets and these catastrophes that happen all over around the country in these stupid games. It's impossible to get up 12 times. Emotionally, mentally, that's just not doable. They're going to have off days. They're going to have weird games where things happen. But if you sort of establish a baseline that's pretty high, you can avoid and manage those things. And then also with what he's talking about from play on the field, it was, hey, when you have a chance for the knockout punch, knock them the hell out and get out of there. You know, that was I, – I thought that was one of the more interesting things from his frustration yesterday was that if you play better on special teams, and I get Barry and Brown's the beast, but if you avoid that kickoff return right there and make them drive the field, they were not doing a very good job of it. It's very likely you get the ball back 14 nothing with a chance to almost throw a kill shot right there. Sure. Um, you know, that – Absolutely. I mean, again, you can look around the country, you can look around the league throughout this season, and you can already see examples of that as well, where teams had a chance to throw a kill shot and didn't do it for whatever reason, and it came back to kind of haunt them. Um, and you have to give, again, like you just did, you got to give Barry and Brown some credit there. He's an absolute star. Um, you know, he just he made, he made plays throughout that game. Um, but, you know, I, mean, I don't think you have to be a mind reader either to know that Ole Miss had a uh, – Really good week of practice, getting ready for Georgia Tech. They were super focused, dominated the game, lost some of that focus during the week leading up to Tulsa, didn't play particularly great, then had a really focused, solid week of practice getting ready for Kentucky. And I think Lane knows, and he kind of said it, you, you can't do that all year. You can't ride that roller coaster. It will eventually throw you off. You'll get hurt. In the same way that if you keep playing – I thought it I thought it was interesting you talked about if you keep playing if you keep making games close mm-hmm. analytics just the law of averages tell you that you're going to get burned. You know, I mean, if cuz we do before the season, right? We do win, loss, toss. And if you want to if you want to best predict the record, you take the, the games that you'd call a toss and you just divide them in half. You're going to win half of them, you're going to lose half of them. And so he, he knows if you start playing a whole bunch of games that are super close, eventually a break's going to go against you. You're going to be the guy that fumbles at the one. You're going to be the guy that doesn't get the call, whatever. It's going to – those things, just law of averages. So he was talking about a lot of things. I mean, it's very clear that what he wants to establish is a uh, – and I don't know that this is possible, but this is what you, your, your objective should be, where every Monday's the same. Every Tuesday is the same. Every Wednesday is the same. Thursday, Friday, it's the same. Where, yeah, it's Alabama that's coming in, but you can't treat it like that because then you got to turn around. Like this year, for example, it's going to be so tempting for them to turn Alabama into the Super Bowl of all time. But no matter what happens, you get up on Sunday and you got to turn the page. You got to get ready for Arkansas. If you have the massive letdown, well, now you're positioning yourself to undo. Even if you pulled off the big upset, you put yourself in position. Just culturally, you've you've got to be able to um, do that, and that's that's kind of hard to do. Every coach in the in the country is trying to do that, and it's it's hard to pull off. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I mean, we've seen that with Ole Miss teams in the past. You know, a good example is that 2018, they go beat Florida and lose to South Carolina. That team had no culture. They didn't know how to win. That became the Super Bowl, and it lasted for two weeks. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you see that all around the country. It's what Lane's trying to stop in, in, in a lot of ways. Um, and it's gotten better because, I mean, look, here's the deal. The last three games that have been coin flips, Ole Miss has won all of them. Arkansas, Tennessee, and now Kentucky. Yeah. And you do look at it from a Pythagorean standpoint and go, hmm, kind of do one. Probably need to take care of our business. Some stuff's going to happen. I mean, the universe is probably not going to let you win every coin flip the rest, of, the rest of his tenure here. So, you know, try to avo- – I guess the point is try to avoid those coin flips from me getting in them is this, this point there. Well, it's the but SEC shorts. And make it whatever, yeah. It's the SEC shorts skit, right, where, you know, mm-hmm. Ole Miss called in asking for a miracle and Georgia was calling for a miracle. Well, you know, maybe next week it's, you know, maybe in two weeks it's LSU asking for the miracle late. and They get, they get through first. You know, it's just you want – Mm-hmm. You just want to play well. That's bottom line. He's got. I think Lane. He keeps saying these words. He talks about this team having a chance to be a great team. Not there yet, and I think he knows they're not. They're not there at all yet. They've got a lot of work to do. The front the schedule was pretty front loaded. He said that yesterday. He's right. I mean, their first six games. There's one real test. That's it. And then it's one every week. And then, yeah, to different – I mean, there's not a complete and utter gimme the rest of the the schedule. No, Auburn's good enough on defense to come into Vaught-Hemingway and make it an interesting game. Going to LSU, I mean, I think anybody who's ever followed SEC football knows that things can get weird there. Now, Ole Miss typically plays well there, 
And then obviously Alabama, and I mean, who knows what they are with the Bryce Young thing. I mean, you know, Nick Saban's never been one to talk about injuries. It's where Lane got the injury talk from. Because Pete Carroll talks about injuries. Uh, Nick Saban does not. So you've got, you've got the Alabama thing, and then you've got at Arkansas, and then the Egg Bowl with Mississippi State. I mean, there's a lot left. I mean, there's, there's a lot left in the – they've played one game so far that we'll still be talking about at the end of the year. And when you the going into the year, there would be seven. I mean, six remain. Yeah. And that's assuming they don't lay an egg and let Vanderbilt hang around in the second half on Saturday. Yeah, they, they need they need to they, they need, need to dispatch of the Commodores. They need to handle that with the second half. Like I was saying yesterday, that needs to be one of those games where when people are asking us questions about, hey, what happened at the end of the third quarter? My answer is, I don't know. I was riding. Um. What do you think of Dart? What do you think of the way he talked about Dart yesterday? He's clearly seeing improvement. He's clearly speaking of him. He's telling the truth. He's encouraging. He's kind of been encouraging the entire time after he gave him some tough love right at the end of, of camp. He he had clearly looked. I mean, again, this is duh. I mean, stat lines are almost irrelevant to coaches. But way beyond the stat line, it seemed like he was very focused to sort of how Jackson had controlled and handled the game from a maturity standpoint. And really, the first difficult ending into a game and environment where he was having to kind of control emotions and everything else. I mean, he, he sort of adequately praised him. I thought yesterday. Yeah, I thought so. I mean, I thought Jackson played okay the other day, you know, I mean, I, I did. I thought he started the game really well, kind of like the offense did. And then, you know, he made that mistake right before the half. That was bad. Lane referred to it as horrible. Um, and then I thought they were a little more conservative in the second half. And how much of that was because they were just kind of trying to hang on? How much of that was because they just didn't think they needed to take chances? How much of that was just protecting a quarterback? As long as you had a lead, you could play conservatively. I don't know. You know, I mean, Kentucky tied the game at 19, and Ole Miss did get a field goal late third quarter. We It gets overlooked because we were so focused on what happened in the fourth quarter, but they did get a – drive that went down the field and position, put them in position to um, to take the lead. And then later they had a drive where up three, Lane went for it on fourth down because being up six doesn't really help you if you're trying to just win the game. Yeah, I had no problem with that. No, I, I would have had no problem with either decision. I mean, obviously, yeah. if, you, if you kick the field goal there, a field goal can't force overtime. Which two things. You think the field goal there, a field goal can't do that. And if they do score a touchdown any time's left, you only need a field goal. Right. That's the other one. Is If they get up one, you still can take back the lead with three. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about Versus that. Versus you can if you miss it. Or yeah. Go for it and don't get it. But, I mean, you know. I mean, but he was trying to go up ten and put it away and call it a day. He, yeah, he was. And they were – but I thought they were conservative in the second half. And maybe that was just – it also could have been, hey, two freshman tackles. You know, he talked about the offensive line looking a little tired late. It needs to play more guys. They only played six guys. Uh, I asked about Caleb Warren. He said that Caleb was an emergency only, and by the end of the second quarter it was an emergency, which I think you could see if you were watching it the was. game with any degree of objectivity. They were The center snap was deteriorating to a point where they weren't able to do a lot of their offense. And then I thought he gave a really honest answer, which was, you know, 
uh, they, 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 there were a couple spots where the, I think they wanted to, to yell at Jackson, like, what are you doing? And then they went back and watched the film, and they realized that, well, he's playing shortstop first. Mm-hmm. He's having to field the ball. Well, if you've ever played baseball, you know that you're supposed to look the ball into your glove, right? He's looking the ball into his hands, which means he can't be looking at his read at the same time because, well, you just can't. And so it is completely messing up. Um, it's everything. everything. And, I mean, and look around the country, and I think you see a couple of things. Defenses are putting a man right on top of the center far more often now. They're going to these three-man fronts. That's That nose tackle is super disruptive. You have seen games, multiple games, swing on snaps. It's becoming a, a big-time problem, and for Ole Miss, and it's one of the most interesting things that he said was they worked on something on Monday morning, and then they think that maybe they fixed it. I have no idea what that is. No clue. I doubt if they suddenly, hey, Eli Acker became a better center today. They changed some form of technique or somebody else is snapping the football, one or the other. One or the other. Or, I mean, I guess they're going under center, but that would blow me away because that takes away their offense, essentially. That's a completely different offense. Unless they're going to more, hey, we're going to be a downhill running team. They run block better than they pass block. They run the ball better than they throw it. Well, that would be something if Lane comes out Saturday and he's in the I formation and they just start I mean, twin backs and here they go. Yeah, it's, it wouldn't be the I, but I mean they do a lot of stuff with the tight end blocking in the backfield. Yeah. They do a lot of stuff with that slot receiver moving into a blocking position with motion. They do a lot of stuff anyway. That you could split the backfield with Evans and Judkins, and I mean I don't know what they're going to do. Run some counters, but it, it's. I'd be surprised if suddenly, hey, Eli Acker figured something out with his hand, and and he's a better snapper now. That would that yeah. would, and if that's the case, awesome, cool. I mean, I I'd, I'd be yeah. surprised because Eli did a good job blocking. He was completely focused on the snap, and it was taken away. But I thought he actually blocked better than Caleb did. Defenses have have learned that you can punish that offense, yes, by attacking the center, play after play. I mean. Just look at the physics of that. You've got to take the ball. You've got to snap it between your legs without looking. And then you've got to get that hand back from basically behind your butt to back in front of you at chest level to to attack a defender who's attacking you and is typically a pretty good athlete and a lot of times is bigger and stronger than you are. It's, It's a hell of an assignment. And you can tell that, and especially, you know, like, You've seen some of the league's best centers late in games when they're a little fatigued, the snaps get bad, and it has, it has killed them. I, what's your guess? They move somebody? I just have no idea. I really don't. I mean, because I mean, in the same press conference, he points out that essentially he has no workable depth, in his opinion, on the offensive line. Well, he's got offensive linemen that are playing basically 70 to 80 snaps against yeah. defensive linemen that are playing 40. And who's fresher at the end? Because I did think at the end, and this is several games in a row that they've just not been very good in the fourth quarter. I did think at the end Kentucky was winning the line of scrimmage, Ole Miss offense versus Kentucky defense. And I had never 
contemplated snap counts, but that does make sense. Sure, it makes a lot of sense. Mental fatigue, physical fatigue. I, I was a little surprised the other day that they didn't, you know, mix some guys in. I mean, Brooks didn't play a single offensive snap. He had been playing snaps before that. And it makes you wonder if if Acker could have done it. Were they going to go with the, those same five the whole game? I think the answer is yes. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, Lane is, has shown that he's – I mean, he doesn't like it, but he is willing to do that. He's, he's I mean, as somebody who does snap counts every Monday, he's he's been pretty consistent with that his entire career. Yeah, they talk a lot about – If that's the case. They talk a lot about depth every preseason. And they get into the season and they play the same guys. Mm-hmm. I, I just I, I don't know that. I mean, no, we're, we're in prove it mode in the fall when they go. Nope, got nine. Well, you don't play nine. So yeah, I mean, we've been we've heard this for a while now. It's I think in theory it's something they want to do. I think in actuality it's something that they are just reluctant to do in in the heat of the moment. It, it maybe is the most fascinating part of Saturday is just how they clean up some of these things. What does it look like? Is the offense any different? Is it not? Is it whatever? Because, I mean, look, if Vanderbilt's giving them a game because of talent and preparation and Vanderbilt just being good, then we got a whole other conversation. I mean, to me, it's more about sort of how Ole Miss looks itself over the course of this thing. Um, he did give Vanderbilt a really big compliment of, no, they're they're competitive. They're They're okay. He did, and he pointed out. It's not. He pointed out the obvious that when you play in Alabama, when they get when Alabama gets rolling on offense, they can just score so many points in such a hurry that you can look at those scores and go, "Oh, they haven't improved." You have to kind of throw them out. Um, and I think he's right. By the way, I, I think there's there's evidence to prove that. Sometimes there's just an eye test, and Vanderbilt looks better. They're nowhere close to being a competitor in the league at all, but they look better. They, they look more sound. They look a little bigger. They look a little more dialed in all of that stuff. They've had a week off. I mean, if Ole Miss plays well, they're going to win the game easily, but you're going to have to show up and play. And I think Lane knows that. And I, I expect that they will. There's this team. This team has been pretty solid with the exception of just some, kind of goofy second halves that really that frankly it's the one the one goofy second half against Tulsa that you go that was kind of weird but it's also explainable I don't think I'd be surprised to see that happen in an SEC game it was hot that day atmosphere died completely they knew what was coming with Kentucky etc I mean Vanderbilt's schedule to this point Hawaii sixty three to ten, Elon forty two thirty one. Okay, Wake Forest they were in the game for a good bit of it before Wake went forty five twenty five, beat North Illinois thirty eight twenty eight. North Illinois kind of schizophrenic. I mean they lost to Ball State on Saturday, but I digress. And then Alabama, the end of the Derrick Mason tenure would have not had those scores or those points scored. They, they have a much more coherent offensive plan where they can at least sort of move the football at times. Mike Wright's pretty athletic, moves around all right. I and mean, they, it's it's okay. And they got another Fine. kid that played quarterback the other day, right? I don't, Did they? The other guy, play? 
Yeah, I can't remember. And I don't have those notes in front of me right now. What you and I, we're just scatterbrains. We can't see each other. So it's harder today. But what did you, what did you think of the Jalen Robinson comment yesterday? Because he's been, if anything, a little subtly critical of Robinson throughout him being injured through a lot of that stuff. As far as, um, frankly, I Chase, I was surprised by it because I watched on the sideline. I had my binoculars on it. Lane Kiffin and Jalen Robinson had a very heated conversation. Oh, during the game? During the game on Saturday. It was very heated. Mostly one-sided. I mean, Robinson's back was turned to me. I could see Lane talking, and Lane was Lane was agitated. Derek Nix had to kind of almost intervene. Really? Yes. I don't know what that was, obviously. But I was a little surprised. But look, they need him. They need a speed guy in that offense. It is... They're not getting a lot of separation. I mean, Dart's having to throw a lot of throws. Anything downfield, he's having to really fit throws. Nothing, Nothing's coming easy. They're not getting those wide-open plays where somebody just took the top off the defense. Those, those no, plays they've been very fortunate that Ole Miss's top couple receivers have really good hands. They're not dropping the football, so when he gets to them, they're mostly catching it. Yeah. But I mean, he would. I think he would love to have that guy in the slot who's explosive. He said Robinson's healthy now. He didn't play much the other day. He played some. He played a few snaps. I don't. Remember. You've got the snap counts. I, I. But I could just remember that he played some. But he's not been. He's not been a uh, influential part of the offense really this year. I think it was a challenge too. Hey, you're healthy. Go, show me something. Do something. Yeah, it's been the knock on him the whole time, you know. And Go. I think they hoped that JJ Henry would do that, but JJ's young, and sometimes it takes a minute for young guys to to be impactful. And they brought Robinson in to be impactful right now, and so far he hasn't been. And frankly, I think their offense needs that because there is something that's happening in the second half. The offense is a little too plotting right now outside of broken long runs. That's it. Yeah, there's nothing. It, it's very station to station. Yeah. Dar's done a pretty good job of not making mistakes. You know, he's had a couple of really critical errors this season, but for the most part, not making mistakes. And, uh, he's played really well, yeah. if you think about yeah. it. Through they, five games, he's he's made like he's, – he's made two – Two – Really bad throws. Yeah, and two, everything else has been yeah, okay. Two really dumb decisions in five games. That's not bad. Yeah. I mean, you know, Matt Corral made bad decisions at times. I mean, you know, I mean, this is. I think. I think Dart's played really well. The more I think Especially about it, especially in 2019. Yeah. Well, in 2022, I mean, there were a couple of games there that he, th- th- you know. Three games that I can think of where he made really poor decisions, uh, kind of you know that that in games that Ole Miss lost. Yeah, that throw down the right side against Auburn. Yeah, he, th- he, he threw an interception uh, interception into the end zone early in the game. Um, you know they were, they lost all three of those games. So Jackson so far hasn't made the the mistake that cost them a game. Well, Niners dominated the Rams last night, 24-9 on Monday Night Football. Uh, 
Garoppolo now seven and one against LA in his last eight. Yeah, they, maybe all of them. I don't know. Defensively, San Francisco just really just Stafford was bad last night, and San Francisco had a lot to do with it. Yeah, and the Rams are kind of beat up. They didn't have everybody, and they were having. Oh, to, their offensive line was shattered last yeah, night, and that, then they lost a guard or a tackle early, and that was that. Yeah, they, they they so much of Stafford's game is you know drop back, big arm, and they didn't have the time to do that against San Francisco, and he got hit a lot. And I don't. The Rams don't look like a Super Bowl team this year. They look like a. It's not a hangover, but they just. They're not the same team. They just don't look as good. I mean, yeah. they just don't. I mean, yeah, it, it's it, well, it's injuries. It's a couple key contributors. It's a lot of it's a lot of stuff. You had to. You had no, to say I don't. It. I don't. I don't like anybody in that division. I mean, I almost am at the point of just kind of crossing out that division as far as representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm trying to think who in the NFC has looked like a Super Bowl team so far. The Eagles. The Eagles. And that's about it. <laughs> Well, look, there are only teams with winning records in the NFC right now. The Eagles at 4-0, and the Cowboys at 3-1, and but come on. When Dak comes back, we'll reevaluate. The Giants at 3-1. and They played really well, but they're not a Super Bowl team. No. Minnesota 3-1, and Packers 3-1. and That's all. Green Bay has looked solid. They're fine, and they usually get better as the season goes on. Yeah. But currently, they're – Points differential is only plus six. Yeah. They're three and one with a plus six point differential. Meanwhile, you can look at the AFC and you can see a bunch of teams that look like, boy, they could get hot and go on a roll. And Oh. I mean, the Chiefs look the Chiefs look awesome right now. Um, now, they lost Indianapolis. Buffalo looks good. Um, I mean, even some of the teams that have, like the Raiders are one and three, and I'm not ready to write them off. Their problem is going to be just getting in. Yeah. Bengals, That's the problem. Bengals and Ravens play Sunday night. Huge game. Both, I think they both have two losses already, um, but they look like the class of that division. There's a lot of good teams out there. That the Chargers have fallen off. Um, I mean, it's just such a good product. That's The bottom line with the NFL is what, you, what strikes you is – just how much parity there is. And frankly, it's I think it's why the SEC is so interesting this year. Is there's more parity this year than there has been in a long time. It's like, I mean, and, and look, I could be completely wrong, but it's the one, it's one of the the gambles I'm taking in, in Neil's picks. I actually think Carolina is going to give Kentucky a game on Saturday. I think Kentucky's going to be kind of sleepy and hungover from Ole Miss and that you look up at halftime and you're down six and suddenly it gets a little interesting. Yeah, that game's interesting. Um, obviously, LSU Tennessee is just fascinating. Some of the other ones, like I don't know, I don't know what I expect from like Missouri, Florida. Does Missouri just have anything left? Does Does Arkansas have anything left? I think that game could be a blowout. I think State could blow them out. I think Florida could blow out Missouri. I look for Ole Miss to kind of blow out Vanderbilt. Got to. But, you know, you do that, and then the games aren't what you think. I mean, like Georgia-Auburn, I have no idea. I don't know how Auburn scores against Georgia. But this is two weeks in a row that Georgia has looked very human.
tell you real quick that we're uh, you mentioned myperfectfranchise.net. If you're looking to diversify, you're looking to leave the corporate rat race to gain control of your income and schedule, myperfectfranchise.net is the way to go. It's Andy at myperfectfranchise.net. Uh, we're brought to you by Solutions RX. It's a probiotic multivitamin supplement company created by Ole Miss Pharmacy alum Chris Cornelison. It's solutionsrx.com. I'm kind of rolling through these today because my voice is shot. We can't see each other. This is difficult. Uh, it's pr- promo code OEP at checkout to get 10% off your first order. Again, solutionsrx.com. Hawkin Portable Buildings, 7991 Highway 7 South in Hawkin, Mississippi. If you're looking to customize your carport, ATV, storage shed, barn, hunting cabin, that kind of thing, get in touch with them. They can make it happen, 662-226-2233 or hawkhambuildings.com. Still got plenty of time to set up your uh, tailgating situation. Again, Ole Miss and Auburn, 11 a.m. next weekend. Alabama still comes to town. Uh, Mississippi State game at the end of the month, Thanksgiving. 7SouthTailgating.com. Get in touch with them. Once you tailgate with them, you won't want to tailgate with anyone else. Game Changer Patches. Uh, go to uh, Rebel. Go to GameChangerPatch.com. Promo code RebelGrove20 at checkout. Get 20% off your purchase. Brought to you by ACS Automation and Control Systems, LLC. It's ACSLLCMS.com or call 662-601-4381. Lamons Fine Jewelry. 1126 North Lamar Boulevard in Oxford for all of your jewelry needs. LamonsFindJewelry.com or 662-234-2777. Pinnacle, uh, if you're needing some financial assistance, financial planning assistance, get in touch with them. MyPinWealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N Wealth.com. Also brought to you by John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated. I talked to John yesterday uh, as we start to kind of our road to Boise. We're actually going to go to Boise. And so we, uh, we're working on that with John. What I did, I gave him some parameters and, um, he's going to give me options. Um, you can do that too. 901-494-3387 or J Edwards at Regency travel.net. If you're coming in next weekend, make Opa part of your trip. It's, um, right there on the square, euros, wraps, kebabs, redfish, and so much more 306 South Lamar in Oxford. Tony Larusa out as White Sox manager. That's not a surprise. I don't guess it. No, uh, not even a little in bit. A lo- yeah, and in, in a lot of ways, that is not uh, not a surprise. I was looking, looking at ESPN, ESPN's people to potentially replace him, and a couple of them make sense. A couple of them, I, like this, MLB is starting to get as bad as in the NFL with just regurgitating candidates. Hey, this guy was okay. Yeah, sure. Sounds good. Moving on. I don't know. That would be such a brutal job. I mean, can you imagine being a Major League Baseball manager? you got to be totally locked in on 162 games, basically six weeks of spring training. Oh, there is no off time. Because, I mean, you're consulting and on the phone or doing whatever every day when you're, when you're not coaching. Yeah, I mean it's three sixty five unless you spend a couple of days on an island somewhere. Yeah, managing a managing a baseball team just sounds like the most daunting task. At least you're getting paid versus the beat reporter who's covering the major league baseball team three hundred sixty five days a year. Yeah, I, I don't. That might be the worst. I mean, when you're young, it's a really neat job for like three years, but it might be the most brutally taxing job in media. Yeah, the people that do it year in and year out. And it doesn't impact their personal life or their health. I, I'm always blown away. I told you. I mean, 
David O'Brien, who covers the Braves now, he's been doing it every year since, like, 96. Because he covered the Marlins for a few years before the Braves. Yeah, he takes, like, what, a week off at some point during the, during the season? or he'll he, take doesn't a, do a, he doesn't do one West Coast swing, I think is what it is. Gotcha. And that's it. I mean, he might skip a home game every once in a while. But, I mean, we're – and, look, here's the deal, and, and I don't know why we're talking about this, but whatever. It, it's not even – on those, you know, you've got the getaway day before the noon game the next day or whatever. Well, you're not flying private. I mean, you're getting in at, like, 2, maybe not going to sleep, and then catching the 5 a.m. to L.A. from wherever. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, sure. It's not like you're just going and getting taxied and catered. I mean, you're you're getting on planes all over the place, not sleeping, getting to the park, writing, watching the game, writing. I mean, eating at one thirty in the morning. It'd be a real challenge. Yeah. No, right. it's, 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 it's crazy. Really early in my career, there were a couple of opportunities to go places where that might have been an option down the road. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, like you said, when I was young, I thought, oh, how cool that would be. But the guys that are lifers at it, I I just I just don't know how you do it. Like Trent Rosecrans, like how phenomenally boring must it be right now covering the end of the Cincinnati Reds season? They won last night over the Cubs to improve to let's see. They're bad. Like sixty some odd wins. I have it up. They are uh 61 and 99. 61 and 99. Two games left. Just give them a split. You cover a team that went 62 and 100. God, can you and imagine that? And they are that? not the worst team, so they're not giving them the number one pick. Um, yeah. The number one pick has been secured by the Washington Nationals. 55 and 104. Yeah. 55 and 104. Yeah, Oakland, 58 and 102. And playing in that park and that environment in front of nobody. That is the most depressing team in professional sports, the Oakland Athletics. When All the way around, everything together, that is the most depressing thing in the world. When does the postseason actually start? Friday. Uh, Friday. You got is it Friday? Okay. AL wildcard. Yeah, all teams have been decided now. Yeah, AL wildcard number two is plays at, at Toronto. That's the first game of the postseason, apparently. Okay. Yeah, the Astros have won the one seed. The in, the Guardians, sorry, have won the uh, the Central, and the Yankees have won the East. And then, yes, your your wild card teams are the Jays, the Rays, and the Mariners. Were the Brewers eliminated? Did the Phillies get in? Is that what happened yesterday? That is, that is correct. The Phillies grabbed the last spot. They broke the uh, the longest playoff drought in Major League Baseball. Yeah. They had not been in since 2011, and with an 87 and 73 record, they are in the playoffs, eliminating the Milwaukee Brewers. That's a shame. What a that's that, don't you? I, that's awful. Send a flower basket to Milwaukee. Yes, mm. they are two up. They are two up on the Brewers and have clinched. It so is, Christian uh, Yelich doesn't get to play in the postseason. <laughs> that sucks. Hate that. Um, the Braves sweep the Mets over the weekend. They can clinch the East today. The Mets are obviously in the playoffs as well. The Phillies are in the playoffs as well. The Cardinals, the only team out of the Central, 92-68. and 68. And then the Dodgers have home field. They are 110-50. and 50. And the Padres are the other wild card team. Okay. Yeah. Do, you, do, we know so who, be, do we know who plays who yet? 
It will be Phillies, Padres, with most likely the winner playing the Mets okay. on the wild card round. And then it will be Cardinals. No, it'll be wild card Dodgers, Braves, Cardinals. Oh, so I'm a Braves fan now. Okay, cool. You're, you're Braves. <laughs> I do like the Braves uniforms, so that'll be. I can get a Braves. I've got a Braves hat somewhere. Um, Wear that for a week. Yeah. So, Is it, so those are three game series or five game series? How does this work? The, I don't know how the wild card works. I was hoping you were going to tell me. I, I don't. I don't know. I can't. I, mean, I literally can't figure this out. That twenty twenty change has me all screwed up on what. Yeah, so it's it's a three game series because the, the third game I'm looking at AL wild card number two versus Toronto. Uh, it says game three if necessary. Okay. And then, so the teams like the Yankees and the Astros, the, the those Dodgers, and whoever wins the NL East, I guess if I'm reading this correctly, they don't play till like Tuesday. I'm I'm confused. Oh, hold on a minute. I'm lost. I don't I don't get it. Yeah, hold on a minute. Um okay. Yeah, this is not the way I thought this went. Okay. I was wrong on the I have a bracket up from MLB.com if the postseason started today. Okay. All right. In the NL, the Phillies play a wild card against the Cardinals. That's a three game series. Okay. If you, I'll, again I have no idea. I will take your word for it. I think so. Okay. Phillies Cardinals and the winner plays the Braves. Okay. In the divisional round. The Padres and Mets play a wild card series and the winner plays the Dodgers. That's the way it reads here. And then the the yes. Yankees and the Astros get the buys in the that American League. Rays, Guardians, Mariners, Blue Jays. Okay. Yes. So the advantage that you get is that if you – You have to be one of the top two seeds to avoid the wild card. Right? Then you get six days off completely. You get to reset everything. But that is a long time to take off and then hit the button and say, let's go. I mean, look, the Dodgers are clearly the best team in baseball. They are phenomenal. Yeah. But I would rather have the Braves path. Phillies are Cardinals versus Mets and Padres. Am I crazy? Uh no, you're not crazy. I wouldn't want to play the Mets. That they could pitch me out of a series. Yeah, the heck with that. But that, those are five game series, right? So it's three, <laughs> then five, then seven. Yeah, that's what I was saying. You're also though better. If I'm going to have to play the Dodgers, I'd rather play them in a three, in a five game than a seven game. Yeah, because over the longer you play, the more the yeah. You, I mean, you don't yeah. You want to play as few as possible. You don't want to play a lot of games. Yeah. So yes, in that the Braves magic number, I'm assuming is one. They are one and a half ahead of the Mets. Currently. Yeah, it is. It's because they could have clinched it last night, but they lost to the Marlins. Okay. So yes, they need the last two games. They need a Mets loss or a Braves win to clinch the number two seed. I just, I'm always glad when the postseason gets here because the sooner it gets here, the quicker it's over, and then I can start deluding myself into thinking that the Cubs are going to sign all these people. 
you can get into the hot stove talk in the winter meetings. Oh, I mean, hey. I, I'm all in on Carlos Correa already, and I know I'm just I'm just complete. And, I, and I, yeah. I'll settle for Trey Turner, but I know I'm going to be disappointed. I know the Cubs yeah. You can you can draw a scenario up, baby, on how next 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 spring it's it's right there. It's just it's oh, I, right. I did it last night. I was I was in here working, and I had Cubs Reds on. Yes, because I'm pathetic and. Hayden Wisniewski was pitching for the um, for the Cubs, and Carson was walking by. I was like, "Hey, seen this kid? He's really good." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, he looks really good, Dad." And I'm like, "No, like, look at him. I mean, he's he's throwing ninety something and blah blah blah, and he's putting up numbers. And of course, the Reds are beating him. And you could tell he's like, "I'm I'm not I'm not doing this." I asked him the other day. I said, "Hey, you uh, you want to go to the Cubs convention in January?" And he's like, "No, I'm good. <laughs> it's over." <laughs> It's over. And that was like bucket list a few years ago. Yeah, we did it. We went like two or three yeah, times. We went twice. We went twice for sure, yeah. And now he's like, nah, I'm, I'm good. All right, I'm, you can go. <laughs> um, I'll tease this for tomorrow. I think it's pretty decent fodder as we continue to talk college football. ESPN using computer analytics, ranking the uh, 16 remaining undefeated teams in, in order. Okay. Um. They bowled this number, let's see, where were they? Number seven is where the Rebels are. Yeah. Computers have liked this Ole Miss team from the very get-go. Yeah. Ole Miss seven, Tennessee six, Clemson five, Michigan four, Georgia three, Ohio State two, and Alabama one. Yeah. It's how the computers rank them. Uh, Oklahoma State eight, Penn State nine, USC ten, TCU eleven. UCLA 12, Kansas 13, James Madison 14, Syracuse 15, and Coastal Carolina 16. Do you see where I think Coastal was, Carolina is undefeated but 80th in the FPI. Do you see where Dellinger had like a what the playoff, a 12 team playoff would look like if the season, if you had a 12 team playoff and the season ended right now? I did not. And Ole, Ole Miss would play in Ann Arbor in an 11 7 game. Well, that would be fun, wouldn't it? Yeah, and the winner would play. The winner would play in the Rose Bowl against Ohio State. I mean, this, this is a no-brainer. Play twelve and play those first games at home. Yeah, of course, it's awesome. Be phenomenal. Absolutely. I mean, we could completely make that work. I've been saying this for years. Yeah, the no, four, the four team is kind of boring. If you had a 12-team playoff, I mean, all of these games would be... I would be really interested in those first-round games and then, frankly, even the semifinals because some of the teams would be coming off the win. Where you go, okay, sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So Hey, real quick, uh, there. Real quick, uh, my mailbag will be up tomorrow. It's brought to you by Whitney McNutt, Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors. We'll have picks up on Thursday. They're brought to you by Service Specialist Staffing and Recruiting Agency, servicespecialistltd.com. Uh, don't forget Corinth Dental. It's CorinthDental.com. Get in touch with them. They will uh, they can conduct a no-cost digital scan of your teeth. Let them show you the way to a straighter, healthier smile. Pinpoint Commercial Real Estate based out of Jackson. Our friend B.B. Mitchell is the guy to get in touch with. If you have commercial real estate needs, call him at 601-934-5008. And then Southern Traditions Farm. If you're into equestrian, if you want your young person to be into it, if you're looking for a place to host an event, it's right there in Canton, Mississippi. You can get in touch with them on Facebook or Instagram at Southern Traditions. Farm. So we'll talk a lot more college football tomorrow. We'll be back in studio. We'll make it easier. Appreciate everybody for hanging in. I know that first part, just getting us going, was a uh, bit of a challenge. And you know, the world didn't have a good attention span, but you guys did. So I do thank you for uh, 
that, if you're listening on podcast form, it'll be pretty cleaned up. You won't even really notice much was uh, different, hopefully, if I do that correctly. So, Neil, Chase, we will talk to you again tomorrow. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.